Hello and welcome to this episode of the AF Mentors podcast. Today I have James with me. James, how are you? Hello, I'm wonderful. Thank you. All the better for being here. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah. I'm I love it. I, I feel like it, like it's a bright autumn day and that always gets me really excited. Yeah, it is. It's actually, it does feel like autumn now as well, doesn't it? Summer's gone. Yeah, but... fully. Yeah. Are you, is your We're here, we've arrived. Are you an autumn person? Were you born in autumn? I'm two days before you. I thought, I'm October 26th. Yeah. Gosh, that's very... See, all the best people are born at around that time. Mm. This is No really disrespect cool. to anyone who's listening. My girlfriend's birthday is the same day as, my, as mine. That That is... That's, that's a bit spooky, that. Well, it's a bit... Is, is she I'm not like sure. you? Are you guys alike? Yeah. But I'm not sure how to deal with it. As in, like, normally you can gauge... Like, I don't know, it's just a bit like you, if you're buying each other stuff, like what are you meant to buy? Like, how do you celebrate your birthday on the same day? Like, I'm not a big birthday person, but do I have to be one now? So many things to consider, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole new list of questions that you have to ask yourself when you share a birthday with someone. I know. It's, I, I feel very fortunate now that my partner's birthday is on the other side of the year. So I've just got like six months to deal with that. Mm oh well right today's topic to get into was something that we talk about quite a lot but I think often the question of like what makes you different leads to more confusion than to like solutions I wanted to kind of go into it a little bit today because it is one of the most important things right a lot of people think that the fitness industry is saturated it's not unless you're just like everybody else right so you need to figure out what makes you different and there's kind of two layers to this. And I always think that there's like two layers to niche. So you can talk about like what you do. That might be your niche. Like I help perimenopausal women lose weight. That's that's a niche, right? Loads of other people do that. But nobody does it the way that I do it. So that's my kind of second layer of niche is like, this is my approach on top of that. So you've got the demographic that you help and the problem that you help them solve. And then you also have how you do it and that's kind of the part that we want to talk about today so I'm hoping that by this point I mean this podcast is more for AFM people but if you're working with us on AFM you're already going to know like your niche like people you want to help and the problem you solve right we've probably done that already the next phase is like what makes you different and how do you make yourself stand out from all the other people that are helping women who have struggled with yo-yo dieting because that's half the fitness industry right I think when we look at niche people go oh but I feel like I'm just like everyone else I feel like the things that I do are just like everyone else and, and really there is something crucial to to hammer home here is that no one is just like everyone else mm-hmm. even the most carbon copy of coaches you know the people who are like meticulous to the gram even they will have slightly different viewpoints or perspectives and so the first limiting belief that i think you need to challenge in that is that you are just like everyone else because you're not you know put you in a room with a thousand other coaches and you will approach a problem just slightly differently than everyone else yeah you uh, are your usp your unique selling point right and even if like this is an example i often give but 
if you think back to when you were at school, now all teachers have to teach the same curriculum, right? That's what they're tested on. That's how GCSEs work or blah, 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 whatever they're doing, right? The kids need to know the same stuff. But you'll get some teachers that are significantly better than others, right? But they're going from, from like the same handbook. And it's kind of the same with coaching. It's like I might give someone the same workouts, the same calorie targets, the same protein target, whatever, as somebody else. But the way that I coach them is different. And that's why they get better results. And I think that needs to be packaged up. So one thing that I wanted to talk about today that kind of was like triggered at IFS for me, one of the only things actually that I took from the business talks was like the way that people package things up. And even what I did take from that, like wasn't necessarily the way that that person had, but I was like, hmm, actually, I think it's quite important that you can package things up or it might be like a benefit to you both in the way that you talk about your business and in the way that your potential clients can like conceptualize what you do. And the reason I say that is because I think a lot of people, I noticed this in myself as well, by the way, if someone's like, so what is online coaching? I'm like, oh, you know, like uh, you, you get access to this app and like, I'll talk about what your problems are and then I'll come up with this thing and it'll like this plan and it'll help you solve those problems. And then we'll do check-ins every week. And it's like, that sounds really shit. You know? Do you know what you said there, that that first line is, I think, almost everyone's response to what is online coaching. Well, you get an app. Yeah. It's like, no, that's nothing to do with your coaching. I mean, like you can get an app online for free that does the same shit, right? That shouldn't yeah. be the selling point of your coaching. People are buying into you. So what's your approach and what makes that different? And why is this going to work for someone when all the other things haven't? That's what you need to get. I was having... I was having an amazing conversation with a very self-aware coach the other week uh, about this exact thing where he was developing who he was above just the base information because mm -hmm. he was reflecting on his like early days in coaching. And he was saying, oh, you know, I was helping John and, and John couldn't stick to the plan and I couldn't get my head around why John couldn't stick to the plan. And now looking back, I realized that I needed to be taking into account other elements of, of John's journey. And I was sitting there thinking, this is someone who knows themselves and they know the problem they solve because they're actually willing to listen and adapt around the client. And and that was, yeah, I think that, that really, for me, solidified what knowing yourself is beyond just, oh, I just give you a calorie target and I give you a, a workout plan. So I help you adapt around the fact that you're, you don't have time to do this stuff or that your kind of core belief is that you don't have time to do this stuff. And I can bring the solution to that. Yeah, the way that I kind of like to explain it, and I think helps with people's buy-in, is you might talk about your business as, and I, I basically, I just made this up on a call yesterday, so I've not totally thought through it, and I might have different things I want to add to it, but I was talking to a coach about this on a mentoring call yesterday, and I was like, look, as an example, I might say I have three pillars to my business. One of them would be practically what you do, like what you need to do to get that result. So that's like, that's what everybody gets, right? That's what all coaches do, what decent coaches do. It's like, here's a calorie target for fat loss. Here's your protein target. Here's your step target. Here's your workouts. And here's an app that you can track them all on. Fine. That's one pillar, right? You need to know the action points for sure. Then the other one is what are the psychological barriers holding you back from taking that action? And it might be perfectionism, all or nothing mentality. It might be your relationship with food it might be all the diet culture messaging that you've been told that we need to unpack like that's another pillar and then the third pillar might be 
the practical limitations that you have so you don't have that much time or you're working two jobs or you've got three kids or you're going through menopause or you know like what maybe you're injured the other considerations that are going to stop you or that are going to create barriers to you taking the action that you need to take to get to that goal right so because I consider these three aspects that's how I get you better results right how much more are people going to be bought into that and your consideration of like okay so it's not just telling you what to do but it's actually considering these things that might be stopping you taking that action and that's probably why you haven't got results in the past but this time is going to be different because the way that I coach my principles are I consider all these three things now the reason I want to point it out like that is because all coaches on AFM do that like I don't take on shit coaches right so like every single coach on AFM I've done a call with you before you've signed up I know you're a good coach I know you would consider all those aspects but what people aren't very good at especially good coaches is talking about that well like the more you can talk about that the more people are bought into it the better results that they'll get and I honestly think if there's like one attribute that's going to grow your business more it's you getting better at talking about what you do and when people are like, yeah, but I'm not very good at that. It's like, yeah, cool. You're not very good at push-ups and so you start like practicing push-ups either. Like nobody's good to start with. I wasn't good at but, but, like talking about what I do until I started talking about what I do every fucking day and writing about it and re-talking about it and thinking about it a bit more and going through questions and changing it sometimes and like developing things. It all takes time and practice. No one's just going to, you're not just going to be like, oh, Emma said to think about what I do. So bam, there it is. Like there's the perfect response to it. It takes time. But what all these coaches aren't realizing, like if you are confused about this, you're already doing it because every time you have a conversation with someone, whether it's someone you work with or not, every time you have a conversation with someone where you help someone, you're already demonstrating what makes you a unique coach because no one else will explain that concept like you do. In the same way that you just explained coaching in in three pillars, no one else would have done exactly that, that analogy. No one else would have used the exact cadences that you use in your voice. That's the thing that people buy into. That's the thing that's that's special about you. That's what makes you brilliant. That's what makes you the perfect coach for some people and completely turns you off other people. And you should be turned like, some people off. Some people should be turned away by, and I know some people get turned away by the way that I talk, particularly when I get passionate about things because I often find myself running over principles, but other people love that. And they think that's, they, they can't stop listening to it. You know, those are the people who actually I would, I invite into my business because I show my personality Yeah, and, and it, I show how I explain things. It's such a good, like that point as well is such a good point to make about like, turning people off and I know it's tempting to think like no 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 I want but I, at this point you know like I've only got two clients and I just want to work with anyone and I want to get anyone in the truth is they won't be a good fit for your business and like full transparency because I think this is important to say that this happens at every stage of your business I just refunded someone for commit to six two weeks in because she was like one just not my kind of person and not worth my time or energy but two she had completely false expectations of what the program was now and also I took feedback on that I was like am I being misleading in my marketing here because she was like I thought we'd get one-to-one video check-ins with our coaches and I'm like for the price of what you're paying like it's absolutely what you think that we're going to be doing 200 video check-ins with people like come on 
but anyway I was like is it is my marketing looking like that and then I'm like no we've actually got 199 other really happy clients so it's probably not but it's still a good thing to think about like even with all feedback you should be like "Hmm, is, is there even like an element of truth in there that I should be considering but the other thing I was thinking is like what am I putting out to attract people like that? Cause I don't want to attract people like that, you know, like, and, and even if she was like, yeah, fine, I'll, I'll just continue with the program, but like, isn't what I want. I still don't want people like that. You know, like you want to attract the people. This is why I put so much time and effort into podcasting as well, because it's very rare now that someone comes into my business after listening to the podcast and being like, this is nothing, this is nothing like what I expected. They don't, they know me, they know how I coach, they know how I explain, they know like the style of things. We do so many Q and A's that like, they have a bit of a gist of like what's going on within the business. And then you get people that want that signing up, right? Rather than people signing up for something, not really knowing what it is and then potentially not being happy with the product that they've got. So I think showing more of on that front is important. Yeah, and I think what you said there in in if there are new coaches listening and they're, they're sitting there thinking, oh, I've only got two clients and I want to get more, you will actually attract people faster if you niche yourself down. Mm-hmm. Because if you know if you talk to to and as many people as you can, and this is where being willing to put yourself out there, this is where being willing willing to use social media as a social platform and not just a broadcast platform comes into play i think if you've got 10 followers and eight of them are your family one of them's the gym that you work out um one of them's your dog then you probably need to use social media as a social platform and actually engage with the people around you to be able to build more eyes on what you're doing but within that if you're building more eyes on what you're doing and you're putting out a very specific message you're going to find someone who buys into that much quicker than if you're looking like Joe generic PT, you know, the, who, who has the same app as everyone else who is putting out the same content, even these beautifully curated pages. And it breaks my heart to see it when, and I, I'm guilty of it myself in, in making sure that my feed looks, I, I don't like posting things that I haven't curated myself, but I know that I get a better response when I put something raw out. I did a video of me walking along a wall like three weeks ago and it was wasn't anything pretty it was just me walking on a broken wall and the the premise was remember to do things that are away from the norm and I got more responses on that than the last five posts that I'd done that were perfectly curated but they spoke to who I wanted to coach I'm much more likely to bring people in starting to do a bit of parkour I mean, I I don't I didn't want to mention it because you know I don't like to show off, but I used to do a little bit when I was younger, um, and yeah, so this was just me really. This is just me reliving my like childhood days. I've just started following this woman that does parkour. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like it's so fun. I think because she takes it very seriously, right? But it's all it like it's literally just her like stepping off a curb. <laughs> And I get like the most joy there ever. I'll send you it after. I don't want to say her name in case. I, like... I, I really want to see this. I really, really want to see this. It's so, so, so funny. It's making me want to start like a little parkour Instagram. And yeah, anyway, obviously I won't do that. Wait, are, you, are you now are you now moving into parkour? Is no. that gonna be your your next no. transition? <laughs> no, it's just funny because it's so bad. 
So it's like her like kind of jumping down like two steps and then being like, and then walking off. What what is interesting? I, I know we're we're joking and maybe I'm taking this too seriously, but there are probably people looking at that going, "I can't jump down two steps. I'd love to learn how to do that." And you know, I follow this guy on Instagram who is on a colossal fitness journey, where he's coming from a place of being exceptionally sedentary, and he was so excited on camera, and he said, "Guys, guys, look at look, look at this!" And he stepped back and he jumped about six foot no, no six foot six inches. Sorry, six foot would have been amazing. Wow. Oh, he's now an Olympic athlete. Um, he he jumped like six inches into the air, and you could see the joy on his face in doing it. And I just thought, well, there are going to be some people who are at that level who are going to be there going, actually, yeah. And so when people are saying, oh, well, I don't want to post how I'm doing, for example, or I don't want to post more of my journey and my life because I don't feel like it's good enough. I think people need to remember that you're talking to a spectrum of individuals you're not just talking to the elite. You're not just talking to the people who are already fit. And actually I'd say the majority of coaches are talking to people who don't have any experience in health and fitness. So yeah, all of your experience is relevant. All of who you are and what you're doing now is relevant because it's further on than the people you want to help. That's the whole point of you being a coach. Yeah. And even what's interesting is sometimes you can be like, (laughs) I'm just like too good or too unrelatable where actually it might be way more inspiring for someone to be like you know you've you've all been following me for six months on my daily pull-up journey and I've finally done my first two pull-ups versus somebody who's like yeah I've been able to do 10 pull-ups for years and here's me doing 10 again like that that might not actually be that useful to people the other feedback that I get quite often and I think this is partly because people who are already semi in shape prefer to share their transformation photos than people who are very out of shape. Right. But often with EC method, we'll get people being like, Oh, can I join? Because like everyone that you're sharing is much smaller than I am. And you have to kind of give that explanation of like, obviously we would never share anything that someone hadn't agreed to. And it just so happens that people that are in better or that are in smaller bodies um, are more likely to share the transformation photos than the people that are in larger bodies. So that's quite interesting as well. I think that's interesting. I also think if you do have a, like, a larger client base, but people who are existing in bigger bodies, there are other wins that you can share, mm-hmm. like them going out to to parties and stuff and them go, like enjoying life, which they wouldn't have done before. Or it could be a message from them the way that those messages are the way those messages are worded the way they come across the expression on your client's face in a photo where they didn't previously feel confident are what makes you stand out because you were able to help that person feel that way and actually maybe using something that isn't a transformation photo would actually work really well in that uh, environment because you're talking to people who won't relate to transformation photos or who will think you know as people signing up to commit to six with larger bodies might think oh well maybe that's not for me well interesting yeah. not commit to six because i don't use transformation photos for that but i do for the ec method mm. uh, mm. i i lose track of the the businesses you run emma yeah it's fair so do i sometimes but... I've, I've i've got a glossary like next to my screen here so that i can keep tra- and be like which one are we talking about well all the acronyms yeah oh yeah okay um, it, it does often feel like a military operation. 
a little bit. Yeah. I love it. I'm here. For it. Yeah. So if we go back to the topic, which is like, what's going to make you stand out? What makes you seem different? The other thing that I've noticed over the last like six months or so is that naming something and conceptualizing it helps so much. Like prime example of this is when I started talking about the three to one method, as opposed to actually what that is, which is have a little bit of structure during your day, like maybe structure your breakfast, lunch and a snack and then have more flexibility at dinner. I literally told clients to do that for years. You know, like I think it works very well for most people, especially people that have jobs and like have busy lives. And then usually your evening meal is the most sociable meal. Until I called it the three to one method, it just cut like people like, yeah, okay, cool. And then forgot about it. Like, oh yeah, that sounds vaguely sensible, but, but I'll forget about it. As soon as you turn it into something with some structure behind it, People can talk about it more. You can talk about it in a better way. People understand more what it is and they buy into it a little bit more. And even like, I get so, oh, what is this three to one method? No one's ever asked me about that kind of stuff before, right? And same with setting things like, you know, I talk about how I'll set range targets instead of specific calorie targets. Now, I didn't come up with that principle. It's quite a basic thing, you know, like I would expect that loads of coaches do that. But the way that I talk about it makes it sound distinct and different, right? Same with things like I always talk about imperfect action. Like you want to be known for certain things. People think imperfect action, they think of me because I talk about it so much. And I've said this a few times before, but I really want people to put me in a box. Like you go to ESG Fitness for this, right? As opposed to like, oh yeah, she could help you with anything. And then it's like, generally you help people with nothing. And again, yesterday, someone asked me if I would um, coach them for high rock. So I was like, no. And someone on AF or someone replied to AFM being like, so much of what you share here would be useful outside of the fitness industry. Have you ever thought about expanding? I'm like, no, no. I'm sure that some of these concepts would be helpful outside the fitness industry. But no, I don't want to help people outside the fitness industry because this is what I'm good at. And this is what I want to be known for. So it, it, I get that like sometimes it can seem tempting like oh wouldn't that like branch my business out and I would help more people but like it's a weird kind of paradox but it won't like you want to no, be but then you want to have a niche yeah you know your you know what you do inside out back to the front and I think there is always space to learn more and there's always space to push yourself outside of your comfort zone but that shouldn't be what you're relying on mm-hmm. I would never I would never sell myself on the things that I'm learning now i would always sell myself on the things that i know like i could do blindfolded that's that's always been who i am and i've always been someone who listens exceptionally well and actually that takes that into account with the people that i work with and all my clients come back and say yeah you you listen you you actually you adapt things when i say that i'm struggling with something that actually comes into something that i've got on my notes if you are a coach with like a couple of clients, maybe maybe if you've got five clients, there will be a common thread between your conversations within those clients. When we look for common threads, we often assume it has to be things like gender or age or profession or goal. And none of those things, I think, are what really defines what makes you special. You'll find that you have similar conversations with all of them at least once. And the way that you have that conversation will be more or less the same in each each instance. That is a unique selling point. That's something you can conceptualize, not calorie, like 
just calorie counting on its own. It's the way that you deliver that information that's the special thing. And everyone has them. I think everyone has a... Just hearing you talk there, right, listening and then adapting is a huge thing. So you could say, like, I've got three kind of phases to my business. Like, I set you the targets that are going to reach your goal. But then... I really listen to you and what you're struggling with and we make adaptions as we go because this needs to fit you and I apply these principles into your life in a way that you can actually stick to that's the framework xyz or you know like abc whatever and again it's very similar to what I just said about like what I do but it's slightly tweaked it's slightly different about James and not me and it's about like what he sees as his unique selling point or what's different about him and that element is Siri, come on. Okay. Oh, I Siri. Do we just get a, like a feature from Siri on our podcast? It, I don't know how to I love get now. Okay, I think he's gone. He's really... one of those rare times when you edit a podcast. No, of course not. Come on. <laughs> Definitely not. It's a perfect action, isn't it? Um, I can't so... remember. I was saying now, but I think I made my point. I think you did. We were we were talking about reflecting on how I'd explained listening and how listening is not a new concept, but we can we can conceptualize that by talking about different phases within our businesses and saying you know there's the the intake phase and I think that's actually a really nice way to to build things. One of the the nicest demonstrations of a business I ever saw was someone putting timescales on phases. And saying, right, we have phase one, which is, you know, eight weeks. And it was it was a very stereotypical phase one, eight weeks, we're going to get you lean. And then phase two might be up to six months, we're going to build you muscle. And then stay, phase three is 16 weeks, and we're going to bring you down for a photo shoot. And I could see people buying into it, because they could believe how long things took. And I know you've spoken about this with Invisalign bef- uh, before, even if targets have to be adjusted and moved it helps to be able to tangibly grasp something. Yeah. So even if you are, if even if you feel like you do the basics, do the basics your way and make that a thing rather than just being, oh, I do the basics. I, I do the normal stuff because you don't, you do it so much better. And I genuinely believe that hand on my heart, believe there's no one listening to this who just does the basics the same way as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. But also, I think there's, I didn't, go on. I was going to say, and if you are, then start thinking about what you could be doing differently and what how you could put a different spin on things and what you think is most useful for your clients, your demographic. Right, okay, so if you're like, yeah, cool, we know the basics work for everyone, but I work with busy mums. Right, what needs adapting? What needs changing? What flexibility do you need? Like, how is that going to be different why are you going to get them better results than somebody else who doesn't have your experience who doesn't focus on coaching mums that's what makes you different yeah and and also who you are outside of fitness makes a big has a big influence on that i think it's it's sometimes we can be very quick to ignore the the facets of our personality that don't align with who we are as coaches mm. even even the most focused and fitness focused coaches i know do things like going to bodybuilding shows or going to expos. So that suggests to me that they like traveling and they like being able to see different people's viewpoints and that there is always more to you than just, 
I wake up in the morning, I check my laptop, I read my emails, I reply to my emails, I go and work out, and then I go home and I sit in silence for the next 22 and a half hours of my day. You know, there there is always more to you. And it, it might be something that you don't, you're, you're worried about people's perceptions. Let me put it this way. If I, as a 31-year-old guy, can post on my story that I've been reading Twilight recently, you can share your hobbies 110%. Yeah, and that is one of the things that will make people buy into you. It's just knowing mm. a little bit more about you. Oh, I like them. Oh, they're into this. That's quite quirky or different. Or I'm into that as well. And yeah, I, d- I don't think you can show yeah. enough of that. For no. sure. You can't, show it, you can't show enough of who you are. And being able to explore that personality, because everyone has a personality, in spite of what you might believe it can just bring people to to associate themselves with you better really and and that is a surefire way to people going oh i reckon that person could really speak to me in the way that i would understand which is all coaching is oh i like that speak to you in a way that you understand what can i say just dropping a golden nugget there well i'm never using that phrase ever again that's an excellent way to wrap up the this episode we will be back with more but I hope really what you've got from this is is like take a little bit of time to think about why you're different come up with some concepts you'll be surprised how much people buy into a concept a theory your ethos your pillars whatever you want to call it and it might not be you know you might be like yeah I've kind of got that for my whole business but I don't have like I don't know my process of helping people deal with emotional eating or my process of, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I I was going to follow on from that because you can change your process, Mm. but you don't have to, like, if you, if you conceptualize something, you don't have to commit to that for life. I think that's something that makes people hesitate to go, Oh, but what if I haven't got it quite right? Okay, great. You can tweak it. That's the awesome thing about being you. Yeah, and I would tweak it as you grow as a coach, as you work with more people. Like even things like people get so fixated on like, I'm not quite sure what my niche should be. It's like, okay, well, I'm not asking you to tattoo it to your head. Like stick to something and then like, let's see if we need to tweak it or if we want to change it. Or if, hey, you have some experience that means that you're really passionate about helping people with this problem instead and like everything will change throughout time I certainly didn't start with a menopausal woman niche but here we are you know yeah um absolutely awesome at it and killing it oh thanks James um where can people find us if they want to apply to join AFM uh they should be heading to Instagram at AF mentors I believe yeah. And then also afmentors.com. Fill in either the application form and I'll email you or just book a call in with me. Just 15 minutes, bit of a chat. Basically, the premise is you're going to tell me about what you're struggling with. I'm going to see if I can help you. If I think I can help you, then I'll talk to you about mentoring. And if I don't think I can, then I'll refer you to someone else or I'll tell you to do these three things and then get back to me when you have. And let's see if you're a little bit further along the road. But we're not going to sell to people that we can't help is essentially the the point I want to get across there. And it is it is such an amazing community to be part of. I know I 
myself joined AFM a couple of years back and now here I am it it has been one yeah. hell of a journey mm. still so here. you never know where it's going to take you I know exactly and Jules started on AFM as well and now she's mentoring mm. pretty incredible and I mean, I'll do a full episode on this and, and explain more about what's going to happen, but we have a meetup in Glasgow on the 4th of November that will be open to... Yes. I know. There are only going to be 60 spaces, so obviously AFM get priority, and then it'll be open to any other coaches who want to better themselves, build their businesses, make some connections. But and even if you are... Just, just apply for those spaces because it will be an excellent day. It will. It will. Okay, right. Um, we better get ready for the mastermind. Yes, we should. Okay, bye. <laughs>